welcome to The Last Track, where we help people showcase the last track of their life story in their final wishes. I am your host, Brian Norris, the co-owner of Bateman Funeral Home in Newport, Oregon. Just like a song can bring you back to a day, a time, and a memory, so too can a well-planned service. The quote of the day is written by Nancy Horan, and it's in her book entitled Loving Frank. And she wrote, It has always been on the written page that the world has come into focus for me. If I can piece all these bits of memory together with the diaries and letters and the scribbled thoughts that clutter my mind and bookshelves, then maybe I can explain what happened. Maybe the worlds I have inhabited for the last seven years will assume order and logic and wholeness on paper. Maybe I can tell my story in a way that it is useful for someone else. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about how to bring up the conversation of death with your family or your friends, because that is a really difficult conversation to have. I mean, who wants to sit around at a, at a table and have pizza and talk about death? It's, it's kind of an awkward conversation. The Conversation Project is a, is a public engagement campaign to promote end-of-life discussions, and you can find that on theconversationproject.org. And they wrote that 95% of individuals want to or are willing to talk about end-of-life wishes. An astounding 97% believe that it is important to have their wishes in writing. But yet... Less than 30% actually do it. And so we're talking to you and hope that we might be able to share with you today why it is important to start the conversation about final wishes with family. And hopefully we can provide you with some ideas for you on how to start the conversation. We have what's called the final wishes or the five P's of final wishes. And the reasons to do the, the, your final wishes and to get them in writing is, number one, peace of mind for the family. Number two, personal peace of mind for you. Number three, proactive. It's knowing that death is coming. Like maybe one of your loved ones is on hospice. I can't tell you how many people come in and they have a loved one on hospice and maybe they've been on hospice for two or three weeks, and now they're sitting in front of us, and they have no idea what mom or dad wanted. And that's really hard. Number four is prepay for discount and guaranteed costs. And that can certainly, certainly relieve a lot of pressure, especially if you did this two or three or four or five years before someone was placed on hospice. Because, you know, everybody's born everybody's going to die. And we don't know what our death sentence is yet or the cause of death, but I can guarantee everybody is going to pass away at one point. So eventually we need to have those things taken care of and to be prepared. So what, as far as figuring out when to start a conversation about end of life, 
You know, when should you do that? That's a pretty daunting task. Well, let me give you some examples. First is when you're doing estate planning. Everybody, you know, it, it, it's interesting, everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, but when when a person is sitting down and deciding, okay, I need to get my estate in order, you know, where do I want things to go, that type of thing, that is the perfect time, whether it be with your family or if you're writing a trust, you know, you could even put that kind of information into a trust, into a will. You know, as you're putting your estate together, start talking about what it is you want. Uh, again, I can't tell you how many times I've sat down with, you know, four or five siblings. And when we get to that conversation, after we get vital information, and they're trying to remember who grandma's, what grandma's maiden name was, then we get to the conversation about cremation, burial, you know, what type of, what, what do you want to do? And they look at each other and they say, what did mom want? Do you know what mom wanted? I think she wanted cremation. And then the other sibling might say, you know, she talked about burial. What did we do with dad? Or where is dad? Or did she want the same thing? Because, you know, just because a spouse uh, wanted to be cremated or maybe a spouse was buried doesn't mean that the other person wants to be cremated or buried either. I mean, that's, that's, uh, it's not the time to have the conversation after you're gone. Um, updating a will or a trust. Uh, you might have already put everything into uh, into writing, but maybe you've changed your mind or maybe you've decided, you know, I really don't want everybody to go to a big trouble of having a memorial. Maybe maybe you just came home from one and you think, oh, that was exhausting. Or I don't want my, my children to have to do a full-on memorial service for me. So maybe my final wishes are to be cremated and then just have the family get together for a family get together and have, you know, maybe pizza or a dinner or something, and then just share memories. That and that might be what you want. So that's when you want to update your will or your trust or your information. You can even just write it down on a piece of paper and put it where people know it. Or better yet, call and talk to your child and let them know. After your annual doctor's visit, you know, sometimes you go to a doctor. And the doctor gives you some bad information. Or maybe you went to the doctor and hopefully you're going into annual visits. And so just like when, you know, the the changing of the clocks, you change the battery in your fire and smoke detector. Maybe after your annual visit, you pull out your information and just review it to make sure that that's what you really want uh, for you. An advanced directive. Um, people, sometimes they call it POLST, P-O-L-S-T. And um, I, I recently visited with a person, and as I was chatting with this individual in their living room, one of her biggest concerns was, if somebody comes in and finds me on the floor, you know, I don't want them to revive me. What? What? How do I take care of that? And so we, I got them in contact with their their PCP and had that or their physician, the personal physician and, and started that progress, uh, that process with, with them to make sure that she had her information recorded. And then they have these little stickers that they put on, you know, are they're like magnetic stickers that go on refrigerators and you can put them, you know, three or four different places in your house 
so that that way, you know, the EMTs, first responders, when they come in, they're trained to look for that kind of stuff. And so that would be a good thing for you. When you're planning for retirement, um, again, when you're planning for retirement and you're looking at how much money you have, how long it's going to last you, maybe you're strictly on Social Security, maybe you have a retirement that uh, you have that you've worked for, maybe you've squirreled away some money in an IRA or a 401k. As you're looking at that, you need to remember, not only does your retirement have to sustain you through your retirement years, but it also has to take care of your final wishes. And depending on your final wishes, it can be as as, as little, you know, to be cremated and, and uh, to be scattered and not have any kind of a service, you know, probably will run, you know, $1,300 with death certificates, or it might run as much as ten, twelve, fourteen thousand dollars if you want to get a, a casket and have a full memorial service and buy a plot and buy opening and closing. People forget about the opening and closing of a burial, you know, of the plot, as well as now once you've been placed in the ground, and a lot of times people don't realize you also have to have an outer burial container in many places, then you got to market. You know, who's here? So that's another $1,300 to have a granite marker or something placed there. So it can get expensive. Well, as you're planning for your retirement, maybe that's when you decide you want to prepay now while you're still employed, while you still have money coming in. Go ahead and start a prepaid plan. Have it purchased and make sure it's guaranteed by the funeral home. And then that is done. So you don't have to worry about monies coming out of your retirement funds uh, when you or your spouse pass away. So those are some things for you that you can start doing. How do you tell your family? You know, it's not a great conversation. You know, it's it's not one of those things that a lot of people look forward to, talking to your daughter and saying, hey, these are some of my, my plans. And your daughter going, Dad, stop talking about this. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about you being dead. Well, what are some of the things that you can do to kind of help lead into those conversations? First off, right now, this while this is being recorded, we're right in the middle of COVID-19. And we're in a county which, that's that high. And, and uh, it looks like next week we're going to be uh, in extreme. And so, you know, what we can have those conversations and say, you know, right now our county is moving from high to extreme. Do you know anybody that's been had COVID-19? Have you, do you know of anybody that's passed away from COVID-19? And you can have those conversations and say, you know, I hope I don't die from COVID-19, but if I do, I want you to know I don't want heroics or I do want heroics. You better save me. (laughs) You know, those, those kinds of conversations as well as, you know, if for some reason you do pass away, here's some of my wishes. This is what I kind of want to have happen. I, I, you know, I don't want any fuss. Just please just do a cremation. And here, since we live right here at the Oregon coast, I want to be scattered at such and such a point, you know, type of a thing. I want to be at Jump Off Joe and be scattered at Jump Off Joe. And that's, 
those are some of the things that you can do. So current current things that are going on, natural disasters, an earthquake in California, those kinds of things. Another thing is if you've watched a movie or if you're watching a movie together or you, you let's just say you watch the movie Bucket List or Fault in Our Stars, those are things that can help drive a conversation like, you know, before I pass away, I'd really like to do X. I really, you know, I really want to get to Alaska. Or maybe, you know, maybe you want to go to Hawaii. Maybe you want to go to Disneyland. Whatever those wishes are, those are some things that you can talk about in a bucket list and say, here's some things that I would like to do before I pass away. And you know what? By the way, when I do pass away, I want to be buried. And I want to be buried with my wife or I want to be buried with my spouse. Or you can even, <laughs> I mean, you could have the conversation say, make sure I am not buried with my wife. You know, those are things that are very valid. Uh, you know, if you've had two or three spouses, maybe you want to be buried with the second spouse. Uh, maybe you've had a couple spouses pass away and you want to be buried with the first one. Or maybe, you know, th- those are all things that happen that, you know, you don't want to have your children or your friend, or your cousin, or your parent making those decisions for you, because I can tell you, watching some of these people go through those decision-making process, wow, it's really difficult sometimes. A lot of funeral homes have a pre-planning book. We have one. Check with your funeral home. See if they have one. If you're going to be doing a prepaid plan, they should have something for you that you can get all of that stuff written down into and then file it away. Make sure, and I've said this in other uh, things that I've, I've had other conversations with people and, and had other recordings, don't put it in a recipe book. We had a person that had passed away and everybody knew she had a prepaid plan. It wasn't with us. It was a life insurance policy uh, that was assigned, that was going to be assigned to us, but Everybody knew she had she had it all together. She had taken care of it. Well, apparently one day she was making her favorite recipe and she stuck it in the recipe book, folded it up, and it got put on the shelf. Fortunately, we were able to find that. Uh, one of her best friends found it um, just before she had to have everything paid for and, and uh, her final wishes taken care of. Don't put it in a recipe book. Put it somewhere and tell someone what you've done with it. You know, another great place to go, and we mentioned it earlier in the uh, uh, the podcast about the Conversation Project. If you go to theconversationproject.org, uh, you can get some conversation kits, uh, get some, and look at what they have, and then you can you can use those those pointers as you're having those conversations. Now, when you're having that conversation, what should you do? with with that with that conversation first off let's first grab a pen grab a piece of paper and get it written down uh, there's some things that people need to know about and it might be hard for people to find if they don't know first you know your full name this is information that would need to go on your death certificate and uh, can help with a planning of your service if you have one you know your full name your birth date uh, where they were born that means city and state. What are their parents' full names? And not only their parents' full names, but their mom's maiden name. And that's important. That's a hard one to find, especially 
Now, if you have a granddaughter or a grandson helping you take care of your final wishes because they're the closest ones to you, that would mean they would need to know what their great-grandmother's maiden name is. How many of you listening know what your great-grandmother's maiden name was? Your social security number, your highest level of education. If they had a career, what would it be as far as naming it? I always ask the person, if your loved one could describe or say one thing that would describe them the best for their career, what would it be? Because a lot of people have two or three or four careers throughout their, their life now. Your marital status and the, st- and the name of your spouse, including their maiden name, if you're a man and you're, you have a woman as a spouse, what is her maiden name? And then the last one is a lot of times hard for people to come up with, military service. They know that dad was in the military. It was you know 100 years ago type of a thing, but where's his paperwork? And the reason I say that is a lot of times one of the options that people want is they want to be buried in a national cemetery because they served and they want to be buried there. And I always tell people that the way to, to understand this is everything from the gates in to the National Cemetery has been paid for by the service of your loved one. Well, a lot of times people want to be buried there or placed there, have their cremated remains placed there along with their spouse. Well, in order to be able to get in, you need to be able to have the military discharge paperwork. It's called a DD-214 or a honorable or general discharge paperwork. And with that, they can go. If you don't want to have all of that done, you just want to be scattered somewhere, you can still have a flag folded and taps played and that flag presented to your next of kin, whoever you designate. So having your military paperwork somewhere where people can find is important. Now that we've talked a lot about all of that, a couple more things to consider and we've we've chatted about this before but the probably the most important thing and the best advice I could give somebody is to at least share whether they want to be cremated or buried they also have things called aquamation now those types of things and burial you can also cl- clarify do you want a traditional burial in a traditional memorial garden somewhere Or do you want green burial? And if you want green burial, what does that look like to you? And where can you go to have that done and share that with your family, uh, with your friends, whoever is going to be taking care of your final arrangements? Because you might want green burial. You have an idea what it means, but there may not be a cemetery in your area that offers that. So look into it if that's what you want. You can't just... You can't just take a body, wrap it in a shroud, and put it in any cemetery. There has to be a cemetery that will accept that. And some cemeteries have sections for that. Find out so that way you know and your loved ones can carry out your wishes. The last couple things as well is, do you know where your final resting place is? Uh, Share that with somebody so that they know. If you have a pre-need with a funeral home, which funeral home is it? Make sure it's written down and given to somebody so they know. I, I get lots of phone calls saying, I hope this is the funeral home that my dad 
has a preemie that he mentioned he had everything taken care of. Is it you guys? And then we go look to see if they have records for them. And a lot of times it, it's kind of confusing. You meet with somebody, you do a prearrangement, you get life insurance policy, and you figure, well, it's going to be for Bateman Funeral Home in Newport, Oregon. And that's, you, you, you know that, but the insurance policy is with a different company. It's not with Bateman. Eventually, yeah, you're going to be taken care of at Bateman Funeral Home, but it's the life insurance policy that gets sent to us. And so if you tell that you're, if you tell your children, I have one with Bateman Funeral Home, make sure that they look at it so that they also know that it's with Bateman Funeral Home, but it might be with uh, American Life Insurance Company. And last but not least, any religious practices that you want to have followed at your funeral service. Those are things that can be a little bit tricky. If you have a particular belief and your children have a separate, different belief, make sure that you let them know what you want. And then you can try to maybe even coordinate that with your church uh, so that the church can be available. But just understand you're the next of kin is the one that has the final say as to what's going to happen at the funeral. And so if you have that all prepared ahead of time, then it makes it that much easier for that son or that daughter possibly to, uh, to, to honor those wishes. At this time, we always like to take a moment and remember all the families that have been experiencing a loss and light a virtual candle in their memory. So We're going to pause for just one moment and honor those that have lost a loved one. This has been The Last Track. I'm Brian Norris. You can find out more about Bateman Funeral Home at our website, BatemanPacificView.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. If you have feedback or have any questions about today's episode, you can leave us a comment, or you're welcome to give us a call at 541-265-2751 and ask for Brian. We'd love to hear from you. Make sure that you listen to the other two podcasts in this trilogy. It's called Talking About Death with children, and bringing a child to a funeral. And coming up is our next trilogy, Understanding Pre-Needs. Thank you very much, and have a nice day.